bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things podcast. My name is Andrew Maine. For our listeners out there who may not be familiar with me, I'm joined by Brian Brushwood and Justin uh, I, 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 and, and I'm glad you brought me up first because uh, long-time follower, first-time person appearing on this. <laughs> yeah. Everything else is totally normal. It's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to have you on. Obviously, we've all heard a lot about you, and uh, uh, it's good. We're, we're going to welcome you in like you were family. Okay, good. I, 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 I and and what's gonna... your name? Uh, oh, my name is Justin. Oh, yeah. I was the one that was here, even though I moved across the country. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. 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 And as always, our producer, Corey Cranfield, otherwise known as Bryce. Mm. You know, you sound a little bassier than Bryce. <laughs> Bryce, too. Bryce, too. Bryce yeah. New Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> New Bryce. <laughs> We've got a lot of new things on this show. Uh, this this guy, work, Andrew we have Maine. Bryce Clear. Yeah. I, 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 uh, uh, real quick, for those who don't know, Bryce is taking some well-deserved uh, vacation time. Um, however, he, he is such... He's so wonderfully Bryce that he's actually here, which means I can only imagine he is experiencing existential yes. agony <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> watching us try to function without, without him, him. And... <laughs> yeah uh, uh so uh everybody uh, uh at uh, brykus on twitter uh will let everybody know that you like bryce because he's taking a vacation and that's what vacations are for to be complimented yeah uh so, what's up main big news what's big up? space Wait, news can... over the weekend Oh, Wait, sorry, so, sorry. Uh, it's the first time I've ever heard. It's been over ten years. Do do people call you my main? They can. That's they code can. for they cannot. Uh, well, no, no, I, I don't know. No, I love like that. I, I, I love it, man. Yeah, I, Andrew and I have known us, uh, known each other for yeah, a long no, time. Yeah, no, I love each it. each other by our last name sometimes. My it's main, a fun, main. It's a fun change. But not my main uh, man. No, I my my main main. My main main. Yeah, that's never happened. Well, I mean, That's of all the people. Happened. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as I saying, <laughs> um, uh, it's been a great, amazing week for space news. Let's start off with the news from just a few hours ago. There's helicopters on Mars that work. Yep. Dude, those photos are awesome. And it's like, on the one hand, it's like, uh, yeah, they look like all the other photos from that. But again, in only one in the uh, fine, but it's like this thing's going to be able to swing around, do a bunch of drone shots, get 360 footage. Uh, we're going to be able to map it into a VR surface and all that stuff. We we have drones flying around on Mars. What's so cool about this is that Mars is like like one percent the atmosphere Earth has, right? And yeah. you're like, well, how do you how do you get a thing to fly on Mars? Well, there are two things. One, you spin your rotors a lot faster. Two, because Mars has one-third Earth gravity, this can actually help. I've actually seen like modeling of showing how an airplane could even fly on Mars, which is crazy to think, but it's kind of like, in that case, if it goes forward fast enough. And remember, we have high-altitude planes that fly really, really thin atmosphere. A uh, helicopter is just a whole other thing. And if you had asked me a couple of years ago, could you put a helicopter on Mars? I'd be like, oh, that sounds insane. I don't think that's possible at all. Glad to be wrong. Well, so so when did th- this hit with the last rover that landed, right? This 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 helicopter. Yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, how, this is like helicopter. the um, um, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. What's a Falcon's drone friend? Uh, Red Boring. Wing or something? Or poorly written. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Red Bird or Red <laughs> Bull they, they, or Red Bull. Yeah. Red Bull. Uh, 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 so so how long ago was this uh, uh, conceived? As far as how far back it goes, I don't know. I know that. If you look back through some of the history of this, they had been talking with Air Environment, which the design goes back to like 2014. Um, and Air Environment, by the way, is a really fascinating aerospace company that was started by Paul McCready. And if you look at some of the really big records that were set for like human-powered flight, the Gossamer Condor, remember that thing, the guy the the cyclist pedaled that across the English Channel. Yeah, that yeah. was them. So they've been building really amazing, you know, very very lightweight 
aircraft for years and worked with NASA for a number of years, unmanned planes, et cetera. So this is a project that was Aero Environment, NASA put together and pitched this. And I think part of I think part of the idea here too is that like uh when you want to pitch Congress, like, hey, we we want a couple billion dollars to go to Mars, like well, we've been to Mars, and you gotta go, yeah, but did we go there with a helicopter? <laughs> well, that, and- yeah, yeah. You, you you have to have that big pitch. You gotta have the sizzle. So um okay. Uh I I am certain. I mean, obviously <laughs> it's not like they had the idea, let's send a helicopter to Mars first, and then said, well, what do we do with it? I mean, I'm assuming that they already had plans for what to do with it, and I'm assuming that Andrew Maine would know a little bit more about what those plans are than we would. Well, well, Brian, what you just said before, the idea of what you can do with this helicopter for mapping, terrain, all of this, that's that's going to be a fascinating because... With a helicopter that can go fly 30 feet, 40 feet up into the air and go much further, go further around the vehicle and then come back, you can get an idea what's on the other side of a rock. And we get some imagery that's for that, but the resolution fades at a certain point, so you can get a pretty good idea what's going around. And this is a test bed because now that we know this works, now that we know that, hey, the math worked, everybody, we might see future missions where we might bring you know a bunch of little, think of like uh, the original like the smaller mars rovers with little helicopter payloads that could go much further have solar panels and just go in multiple directions and just explore so much more of mars i i would imagine and you can go over to ter- I, I i was gonna say uh, and, and this is purely me make, making this up but i would imagine that there's value of self-examination where it's like let's say mm-hmm. let's say suddenly it's like well the rover's not moving we're not sure what's going on the ability to have a deployable device to you know fly around and take a look and be all like, oh yeah, no, you get you you got a giant rock back, then you go around it and then now you're good, that kind of thing. Yeah, think think about that. Plus the idea that there's places we don't take the rover because the terrain's too uneven. You know, even even a gradual incline that's a little too high, we won't send the rover. But the helicopter's like, I don't care, and it can fly over and into craters and go look at other stuff. And not necessarily this one, but future versions. But even this, we'll be able to take it over areas where we might want a closer look, but we don't want to risk putting the rover there. How long is this thing going to stay in the air? Because like, uh, you can't just you know land it somewhere and plug it back in, right? Well, no, no, no. I think it's, well, I like, think uh, it- it's like sound waves. Um, uh, he, he transforms from a cassette recorder. He opens up his chest. Uh, a, a bird cassette flies out. Yeah. And then it comes back in. And then, and then he. Yeah, but even then, there, there's, there's, there's a limited lifespan on the ro- on 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 the rovers themselves. So, uh, well, I mean, they go out, they come back, and, and then and then and then everything else is charged with solar cells, right? Oh, is that it? Is it is this going to be here infinitely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Looking at the the flight times are expected to get, uh, you know, and they're looking at these things are only going to fly for like you know up to like ninety seconds or something. This was a thirty nine second flight. This is yeah, a proof of concept. Yeah, but, I mean, they'll be able to get some data back from it, whatever, and it'd be doing useful things. Yeah, as far as actually, I don't know, is it fully able to recharge back on there? You know, is it like a Roomba? I just, just presume back that all this stuff, in? we're just leaving trash. And then eventually we'll pick it up when we get there. But like, like for right now, we're just throwing rocks over our neighbor's yard. Here's, here is the moment that I hope I live to see is much like in the book, The Martian, and the movie of the same name, The Martian. Um one NASA artifact can go visit another one. Like that to me will be real, uh, not intergalactic, interstellar, uh, extrasolar, whatever. It'll be awesome. Uh, it, it, it'll be real magic. The idea that we're finding I, our own trash. Well, yeah. Where it's just like, uh, look yeah. at that. Remember that Pepsi can we threw over? Yeah. Now we're looking at it with okay, the but, Mr. But, but all of this is useful stuff, right? Like, 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 like no, it's that, cool. that, that moment, it's look, cool. there's going to be some moment. There. I mean, first of all, this Rover is, and, and Andrew, correct me here, uh, uh, roughly the size of an SUV, right? So it's, so it's like, pretty like, big, yeah. uh, so, so maybe, maybe at some point it needs a, you know, uranium something, something. And then much like the Martian, it's like, uh, well, let's go, let's just drive over there and go pick some up. 
Look, it's all fun in games until JDS3K's uh, crying Martian commercial. Their their, their PSA happens. All the and, trash. Yeah, that that is. I I think we've talked a bit about this. There's uh, one of the themes in um, Kim Stanley Robinson's Red Green or yeah Red Green and Blue Mars uh, series. He uh, there's like a fight where geologists don't want to mess with the structure of Mars. Uh, terraformists want to mess with it so it's like a reverse environmentalism message yeah. where it's just like uh hey man would you just leave, leave all the rocks alone so we could study them and then meanwhile it's like no lichen everywhere change the atmosphere let's do this um that'll be a great debate i'm really <laughs> looking forward to it so uh, what's kind of on the on the collectible front what's neat is that on board the helicopter is a small piece of fabric taken from the original wright brothers airplane Oh, really? No. That's so sweet. Why is Brian making a sad face? I don't know. Yeah. Hardcore Wright Brothers purist Brian Brushwood is appalled by this. No, it's 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 so sweet. Do you think it's hack? No, it's just very <laughs> sweet. You're saying it in the way that people describe certain other elements of our society. It's sweet like watching my eight-year-old rap. <laughs> that's what it's sweet like like i don't know that we needed that i don't know that that got us anything it's Look, very we sweet spend though. so much time <laughs> as a society and even on this show which tends to be more realistic about space travel about the idea of inspiration yes right yes so that's what this is for yes this is is there I, for like first in flight on earth first in flight on mars look at them right brothers think about and i mean it's a very american kind of tribute in the sense that you had two bicycle mechanics guys who were not even in the conventional weren't engineers mechanical engineers were outside of the aeronautic circles of their period who did such an amazing achievement with first to flight and by logical things and to think that 118 years later we're celebrating what they did by taking a piece of what they did and saying we remember where this started that's and, awesome yes and and it probably took nothing away from the mission in general. It was sweet in the way that, spoiler for anyone who is following history, Neil Armstrong took the baby bracelet of his daughter and allegedly left it on the moon. Well, I mean, yeah, although that that's a personal moment for yeah. Neil Armstrong where this is a very clear, larger tribute to like the the fact that this is the first flight the first human flight on mars is what just happened today right yeah 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 but but um i don't know seems to me like get come on just go and trash this you no, want to no, trash no, no, it no, you no, want no, to trash no 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 just it's just, it's 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 don't it's, be coy no 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 it's just difficult because like um you wanted a more rad tribute no, 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 no. It's 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 totally fine, but it's like um that moon moment when a human being was there to do a thing that was special, there was an actual human there to do the thing or whatever. But but this might as well have been just you oh, know, so like, you wanted th a there human was to do it. So you would want th there was the first no person there for, the, for that to be in the seat that the Wright brothers were exactly, in or exactly like like, like, like yeah. wearing that, a bomber jacket. And and, and, and this is me right purely purely trying to figure out like uh like artistically, um uh does art exist? So you almost are, you literally are, you in are a vacuum. upset that we wasted. The I'm not Wright upset. Brothers I'm thing. not upset. You are not furious. No, spinning mad. All right. I'm don't. Yeah, yeah. I'll take none of your so, bait, so, sir. Two things. One, I'm sure there was a moment at like a JPL wherever where they did it, where they like they gathered around and they took the little like we got the piece from the Smithsonian. You know, uh, I saw Captain America's shield there too. We're not talking about that. <laughs> and they brought the little piece in there, and, and there was a little like, oh, cool. And like that's that's just I guarantee you for the people that worked on it. it was a very special moment now by the way we don't know that the neil armstrong bracelet thing ever happened correct and 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 that's why i i'm 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 only comparing uh, uh narrative devices i'm i'm well remember just as a talking stories. point as a talking point as a pr point though part of what nasa has to do is say hey this is what we did and here's this connection to this other event this right. is significant and so from purely as a pr mechanism I think it's pretty cool. So yeah, no, I, I'm 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 all in on this, mostly because it does make that 
connection. Like, so if you just say, like, hey, do you think the Wright brothers are important? You'd be like, yeah, I do. And then it's like, well, then congratulations. This is important. We are tying this to that because it is, that's the first flight on this planet. That was the first flight on this planet. That matters still counts. Yes, so. 100%. Um, Andrew, there, you are very good at speculating wildly <laughs> oh, about, uh, uh, about things that become possible. Um, things that it occurs to me have just become possible with this very first flight are, uh, uh, like we just talked about, you'll be able to, to get multiple perspectives and, and build a highly detailed 3D map of the area around the, the rover, which means... And again, this is like uh, I, I, I'm instantly looking to make a buck on this. Uh, that that means that you can create a map so detailed that um, on your Oculus Quest, you can personally fly this thing around the surrounding area and get as good a view as if you were actually on this thing for, for all the things that it takes pictures of. Exactly. Yeah. Like, 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 uh, you can follow the Rover. You can see the Rover from all sides as though like, like good enough. Like you might as well actually be there. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's my best idea of what to do with this. Um, but I am certain that Andrew will have better ideas. <laughs> okay. Well, it, that's not, I mean, that's that idea there though. Brian is a big idea. The idea that, let's we're there to see mars and now we've got we look at how much we use drones on earth to see earth and how you know a, a few hundred dollar device changes the way we look at our own neighborhoods and everything around us hey there's a frisbee on my roof you know yeah. what are my neighbors doing in their backyard without their clothes this has the same potential and so this is amazing for that but also think about when we can put more of them out there we can put more of them out there the most interesting parts of mars i think are the things that are underneath mars lava tubes and caverns and we have places where we can see through the surface of mars these openings that go into the underground area there could be lava tubes that stretch hundreds of miles long and trying to figure out how to get robots inside of there is going to be tricky but when you can drop a helicopter that can go in there and you go scan it that's going to be pretty cool and we're going to see when we start putting people on mars using these as, you know, advanced scouts to sort of explore ahead, communication systems, et cetera. You put one of these things up in the air, it can relay, you know, comms and stuff. So a lot of think about what we're using it on Earth for and apply it to Mars. I have a really, really dumb question, and I will not blame either of you if, if, if you say mean things. Um, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about NFTs, um, and we know that these are expensive operations to do. Would it be the craziest thing to auction off like visits or, or virtual spaces, or it's like missions to blank and, and, you know, you, you auction it up and it's like, that's going to be mine, um, forever. This, 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 you know, three foot by three foot area will be the mission that Brian spent, you know, half a lifetime savings in order to cause to happen on another world. And generations from now, I'll be able to point and say, that's my spot. Like, like, is that, is that, Oh, dumb? you're like crowdfunding or is it, or is it poetic? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 For, for, for to, to, to like get one more block on the map that goes from gray to right. living color. Right. Uh, I mean, it depends on who's running the expedition. Right. Andrew. Yeah. I think, I think, any anything in the, in a world of you know we'll see we'll see what we're talking about NFTs uh you know six months from now but in in a world of cryptocurrencies in a world of humongous amounts of money trying to find places to go and the idea that there's no speculation that you can't put a price on why not in my uh my book how to make money on Mars by the way plug <laughs> plug uh one thing I talked about there was the idea of a way of basing a currency on the cost of returning material from Mars. So that you could kind of buy sort of Martian futures. And the idea that if you were SpaceX or somebody who wanted to fund this is to say, okay, for X amount of you know dollars is we'll guarantee you, you know, X number of grams of return payload from Mars, because the idea would be that early on there's going to be tremendous speculation and interest in this. That would fade, but you know, there's billions of dollars of 
commerce to be made from the novelty phase, well, which and, will uh, end. But uh, one one quick tweak: uh, some folks in the chat are saying, like, what, what, like the International Star Registry or whatever. No, the difference is nobody's going to any of those places. Like, if you pay money and you get a physical object to go there, there's going to be some amount of truly new data that has never mm -hmm. been presented and to you, you, you would be a patron you, you, a patron of that data right you would be yeah. the yeah. owner of that new data right and 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 theoretically the owner of that spot in in a way that is totally different yeah they they kind of have this already a little bit they're working on it with uh, some of the uh crypto stuff around uh, audius and also theta and some of the others where basically uh you can invest in a company or in a creator and then that creator gets to decide what you own, right? So you can buy in using your tokens to buy in whatever that is, right? So whether it's uh, more songs from that artist or behind the scenes, kind of like a Patreon kind of thing. But then also I, you can. But 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 this is all on Earth with uh, with artistic. Uh, 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 yeah, no, but, yes. but, he, but he's saying that. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would it would all be part of the same. Like, like correct. All, all you need is passage to Mars, and now this. Like you know, let, yeah. let's say this thing takes off on Earth. Like, yeah, like like or, or, or like like think about it. Imagine imagine this thing does a lap, and it says uh, we have identified thirty seven different rocks that um uh, 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 that are big enough to hold in your fist. They are independent enough that they're not going to you know fly away based on a breeze or whatever. Um, uh, uh, we're going to literally auction them off. They are physical per, uh, possessions that. Who knows? Uh, God willing, someday you'll be able to pick up and say, "This is mine." Uh, dude, I, I would pay some pretty good well, NFT that, money for that. That 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 gets tricky there because once you actually say, because you have no ability to say that you have the physical property that you own, because it's like without somebody being there to go to collect on it, it's it's the same as me naming my telescope at the moon and selling craters. But the data or just the naming rights, you know, the idea if it's if it's through NASA or if it's it's like. You know, the NBA will sell you an NFT of a video game, of a, excuse me, of a game clip, right? Uh, you don't actually own it, but you're the one. I own this part, right? Um, and we recognize that because we know what the NBA is. Like, oh, cool, the NBA. So I could see that, like, if NASA or SpaceX, you know, somebody was doing the the, fir the first group to get the data is to say that, like, well, you're the sponsor of this data. Yeah. This is it. I don't I, – I see kind of more of just – if somebody said to Brian, like, hey, Brian, would you pay 500 bucks to sponsor? Like, we're going to do like three football fields of exploration or whatever. You know, would you would you want to sponsor that? And then forever in our map of Mars, you, you click on a link and it's going to say made possible by the Brian I Brushwood. Think, Foundation. Yeah, I think that, right. or, that, or, or, that's that's yeah. the thing. The, 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 the thing is that you get to be in the in the history of Martian society. Right. It, or, 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 or the history books say this is Brian's survey. Yes. Uh, basically like yeah. a, i don't know lewis and clark right like 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 whatever yeah. their journey is you get to be like dude i wrote the check you're gonna call it after me forever thank you mm. yeah the world i Worlds. think i think that's that's that, that that that's more likely but speaking speaking of supporting of <laughs> i was literally just gonna say speaking of speculative financial decisions uh, uh patreon.com slash weird things is where you need to go to support this show head on over there right now keep us loud live and independent each and every monday and make sure that you get access to our after things podcast that is where we talk about business and the uh, uh, realities of being an online or independent creator each and every week we thank everybody who continues to support us. Patreon.com slash weird things. So we had a really kind of a surprise announcement that came out on Friday, which was a bit unexpected, but it looked like perhaps things were about to sort of leak. And so what this was is NASA had selected SpaceX to provide the lunar lander component for the Artemis mission. The Artemis mission is basically NASA's plan to return to the moon and hopefully keep going to the moon. And it would involve first sending a, using the SLS rocket with an Orion capsule on top, sending that, sending the Orion capsule to the moon, where it would then, or the Orion spaceship, where it would then rendezvous with some vehicle. And then from that vehicle, astronauts would descend to the Martian, to the, to the lunar surface, do their moon business, 
hop back on board, fly back up to Orion, and then come back to Earth. So the NASA said, okay, we built, we built the SLS. They just did a good, they did a, a green run of the engines. That's working. So SLS will probably fly. We've got the Orion capsule, which I got to go see the first launch of that when it was unmanned to see that thing work, which was pretty cool. We've got the Orion capsule, which is like a much bigger, roomier spaceship for astronauts to hang out in. And then they're like, well, now we need a thing to land on the moon. And that's when they went to open it up to private contractors. And the three groups were, that were pitching were SpaceX, uh, it was SpaceX, it was uh, Blue Origin, which was part of what was called the national team with a couple other companies, and then Dynetics, which has been this company that's been around forever doing all kinds of flight systems and space systems for uh, NASA. So NASA announced, hey, we picked, we, they wanted to pick, like, bat, like, they wanted to pick two because ideally they have two different, like we do with crew, the crew program where we have Dragon and then we have Starliner from Boeing in theory, yeah. which is yet to carry anybody into space yet. Uh, and that was probably a very good choice by NASA to choose two. And some people argued, Boeing had argued, no, you should choose one and it should be us. Yeah. Had that happened, there would, you know, we wouldn't be putting astronauts in American spaceships right now. So in this case, NASA only had enough money to basically pay for one and basically over an installment plan SpaceX was by far the lowest price. SpaceX said, hey, for $3 billion, we'll build a version of our Starship that will go to the moon and then take astronauts back and forth to Orion. The next closest bids, apparently, I read through the report, the next closest bids were like $12 billion. I think that was like the Blue Origin one, and the Dynex was like even more. And there are people going, well, they should have picked two. It's like, well... I think when, and they look at the ratings and they looked at SpaceX, they thought had the best chance of being able to do this too. Cause they just looked at like the number of missions NASA's done with SpaceX now for, you know, for cargo and crew have been a lot. And there is a part of NASA that is very happy with how that worked out. Very, very happy. And so. So uh, I, I, there was a profound like three minute gap where I heard a word and I didn't say anything and then I heard the same word again and heard it pronounced Dianex, uh, which is better than what I thought I heard, which was Dianetics. <laughs> which it sounds <laughs> almost exactly like it. <laughs> right? Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Forgive well, me I, for my distraction I'm on that. On, I'm on the, on the said they should have picked three, as in three SpaceX capsules because you could fit that <laughs> under what the uh, other bids were. Uh, uh, so, I mean, look, SpaceX for obviously, you know, I think whatever you will about Elon Musk, the person and his Twitter account, but like, if you like space exploration, cheap, reliable products for which space exploration can happen is a very good thing. That is literally the road to space. That those are the bricks that build it. Yeah, and I, I just said the spelling of it is D Y N E T I C S Dynetics. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I'm just glad. I'm just glad. Like like uh, Bryce in the chat is if, uh, apparently heard the same thing and was was had that same moment that I had. Um, dude, that's amazing. Now, question: We've talked before about. Um, whether or not there's value in setting up shop on the moon as a way station to get to Mars and other planets. Um, are, 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 in the past, if I remember, uh, are, are, I don't know, we pick random things to fuss about. Um, I, I, I don't seem to remember you being a big fan of, 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 of having a moon base before going to Mars. Like, like let's get, get to Mars first. Oh. There's not much of a point of, of, of having that midway. No, I'm 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 all the above. I just just the moon is a horrible place to launch Mars missions from. You're getting out of one gravity well, then getting into another gravity well, and having to put all of your launch support, everything else, your fuel, and all that stuff in that other place. Uh, it just doesn't make sense from a. Uh, I uh, uh, if if I'm reading you correctly, like uh, absent there being a resource on the moon that makes it worth. Anytime you go into or out of a gravity well is expensive. Um, mm-hmm. There if, better be a reason. Exactly, right? And if there's nothing there, then why not just stay in orbit and, and like you're building the Starship Enterprise, just, just, 
just keep on floating and bring whatever you need up. And, you know, you want to go to Venus? Great. Send it there. You want to go to Mars? Great. Send it from, from there. Yeah. The, the problem is when you, when you dig into the engineering of it, cause you can say like, well, if there's a resource there, like, okay, what would that be? Like, you, you don't have any methane. You might have, you have hydrogen, you have water. So you could have hydrogen. Great. We don't have any experience with long-term storage of hydrogen in space. Hydrogen is a thing that we use to get things off of Earth, but also is the idea that you then have to have this entire infrastructure to mine it, produce it, refine it. Which at some point we will. I think they will be. I think we in the future. I think we will be producing hydrogen on the moon and use for fuel on the moon. But it's it's one of these things that sounds cool. Then you get into the physics of it. You go, oh, it's like you're like oh, we should use space solar, and you're like, okay, let's break down space solar. Right. Um, you got to have all these solar panels and the thing people say, it's like, okay, you're going to still have day and night. Like, no, we'll put it out far enough that you don't, that it's always in front of the sun. Well, that's, you know, you know, that's a, uh, geosynchronous orbit. So that's 22,000 miles out that you now got to transmit all this power back to earth. And you've got to have a big receiver. That's about the size of what your solar panels would be on earth. It just gets more complex when you dig into the physics of it. And so the moon and I'm all for, but the moon is like, we do a ton of research there. We could grow things, you know, biotech, all sorts of stuff. I love the idea of the moon. Exactly. Which, uh, so, so would I be correct in, in feeling like the most generous case for, uh, you know, trying out the moon is practice. Like outside of that, there's really not much there for us. No, 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 you don't have no, no, I think no, what no, he was no. just saying. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of stuff. Like there's, there's think- growing stuff. There's, there's, there, you know, uh, explorations experiments like materials well i mean yeah no but there are there are materials on the moon that we we you know what happens when when the moon and the earth were formed by whatever collision that created this there was different you know the different things happened on the moon than on earth there's moon has there are probably there are giant caverns on the moon that could be the size of philadelphia like think about that think about a cavern the size of a city could be there there are probably a lot of interesting things there to find. You might find materials that don't exist anywhere else. What happens when you grow bamboo on the moon? You know, what happens? Do you know, know, Brian? Mike, do you I mean, know? Do you, wait, wait, look, do you know? I'm the one. I'm the one who's pro moon. And, and I, yeah. I, if I remember correctly, so, I it was an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> remember it. I, we're, we're here on Team Moon, and you're and you're uh, saying that it's only good for practice. It's going to be our practice we, girlfriend. No, I'm ready to wipe this bee up. We get all kinds of crazy things that happen in microgravity or weightlessness, where things that like even down to a, a level of how things like DNA are affected because there's something about when you don't have the ablative force of gravity that affects you know the strands inside of cells etc then all the way to a macro level on the moon the biotech implications alone of being able to grow things in you know a tenth G, you know 16th of a G whatever is fascinating and and you know what will happen there plus the materials we might find it could be very, very interesting. And we might find that it's easier to make certain kinds of, you know, photo, you know, photo semiconductors and stuff. That's a possibility, you know, or it'd just be cool. Uh, I do remember like uh, reading some article about uh, uh, the case for Venus over Mars. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, uh, I know we definitely had a dust up over that. It seems like, it seems like, uh, Are you just revisiting all of our planet fights? Yeah. Dude, next <laughs> up is going to be a space elevator. It's <laughs> going to be great. Doing the greatest hit. Andrew's back, and you're like, you're like yeah, yes, finally. Space fight. Yes, that's exactly where we're at. <laughs> the the Venus, Venus, from one point of view, is, is a little bit easier to sort of get to. And it has, you know, we like it because it's got like, you know, the if you get rid of the horrific hot heat, whatever, it's the, you know, closer to earth, you know, similarity, but Venus, uh, the problem is, is like, we're like, how do we go to Venus? And like people are like, Oh, well, yes, like, it oh, really well, is. We, build a, <laughs> we build landers that have these giant inflatable, like, wait a second. We've never done that before. <laughs> like yeah. we've never done any, it's I'm all, all fan fiction. Well, well, well yeah. I, I think the idea was, um, and this is me remembering, uh, 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 reimagined, but I, I, I believe it was basically like create Bespin, uh, Cloud City. Like if we could just, if we got really good at making blimps the size of small cities that could handle Earth-like gravities, um, apparently Venus is not terribly unpleasant, high enough, far enough out 
as long as you have a giant dome over it. Uh, and there might be a case for it. Uh, but, but I think that's, which, that's, which, that's, again, that's, that's, as that's I say Andrew's, this, I understand Andrew's all of the complications. Is, yeah. It's like, yes. like <laughs> cool. That's a lot of crazy drawing. And yes, like, exactly. That, that's a real it, fun is thing. Is we look outside our window at all those dirigibles flying through the sky <laughs> and, our, However, and our aerial now, shopping now, now, malls. Now, hang, on, hang on one second. Now, uh, uh, this the is, aerial outlet stores. This is me yeah. a little bit trying to be serious here. Um, you could make a case that that Venus is more important to study in that it's a cautionary tale of what might be about to happen to Earth. Same size, uh, same runaway or, or theoretically a, a runaway greenhouse effect and all that stuff. So you could. Uh, uh, oh, 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 yeah. Give, give me the reverse case. I love it. Um, what man-made climate change could nowhere cause what happened on Venus. A repeat of the great dying of like the the what happened with like the, uh, the Permian traps, which were these, the, the, uh, the big volcanic eruptions where we had a period of our planet where there was like hundred thousand years of volcanoes spewing stuff into the atmosphere that even that wasn't enough to put a tip us to the Venus sort of point. There's a lot of other factors that take it there. Like we could make climate change so bad that like, it's going to suck for us, but to get to Venus, you need, you need astronomical factors well, and, and, stuff. and and maybe maybe that so work harder simps <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe that's why i'm intrigued by the idea of like if we could hang out and in, in venus uh then at least we could dispel the fears of us becoming venus like like that alone seems like a fine insurance policy well, that i would sure i mean for. yeah uh, i think in in general we can we can try and figure out whatever like like, like we need to i think the biggest issue is us getting there like getting to the point where like right now the energy is toward mars and the moon right like, to your point of practice once we start doing that right then like venus sure why not let's go let's build our dirigibles well well it, i don't know I'm, so you're saying abandon Mars right no, now? No, 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 I'm not. Abandon uh, Mars. Don't, 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 don't. We're trying to get um, you new traction on Twitter. No, you're Mars it's, abandoner, it's, Dad. Man, I t I'll tell you what. If I'm going to spend one space dollar, and the space dollar can either go to developing new real estate on other planets, or yeah, finding out how scared. We should be for our own planet. I can see somebody saying, I'd rather spend $1 to find out exactly how scared we should be for our own planet. And every dollar that goes to a Venus facility would definitely yield like practicable information with things that we do not Could know. not agree more, which oh, is why okay. I am right. asking that everybody donate to $1. What happened? Patreon.com slash oh. weird things. We're going to mount. I was going to go. I was going to say <laughs> paypal.me slash pay Jerry. Yeah. That's, that's fine. <laughs> I, I, again, you, you know that I have a propensity and a temptation to try to, to, uh, figure out uh, a way to zag. What a, what an amazing thing that you have to zag away from Martian development. Like like that that is now too boring, and now you're like I need to pivot to Venus. There there I believe. Uh, uh, like too many normies are out here believing we're gonna go to Mars. Uh, we talked about uh, was it was was it phosphines or whatever uh, 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 previously on on Venus and. Uh, I guess recently somebody went back over the old data from the the, the Russian probes, yeah, um, and they they found something that seemed to confirm some of it. I I don't know. Uh, I yeah. don't know if Castro personally killed JFK. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> That's what I'm trying so to say. I want you to <laughs> I want you to go for fun. Everybody go to Wikipedia and look up the history of the Russian space probes, which is the Venera program, V-E-N-E-R-A. And it is like this list of things set to their death. Oh my God. There's Let like all of seven missions or, or, or sorry, seven images of from like 75 missions or whatever. It's yeah, crazy. Like Venera, Venera nine lander operated for at least 53 minutes and took pictures. The other lens cop did not release Venera 10. The lander operated for 65 minutes. That Venera is 11, so dope. 95 though. That's minutes. so metal. Come on. <laughs> uh, 
I'm just saying, uh, Venus does not want us. No, that's a that's a real harsh mistress. Yeah. So uh, I'm all. I, there's there's the uh, the idea of what do you do first? For what will give you the most bang for your buck? You know, what will give you like the the advantage of the moon right now is because the moon's closer. You don't have to invest much money and time in trying to keep your astronauts alive by the time they get to the moon. Um, it's sort of a shorter time to and from the moon. The ability to reuse hardware, like the mar the the lunar gateway idea. Um, maybe I'm neutral, but uh, no, no, no. I, I, but, I, I, I'm a little bit more pro that than you are. Um, I, just because, like, I think, uh, um, given given the choice between just floating in space and having some kind of even one sixth gravity. I, I I'm tempted to believe that that that's a more sustainable colony space uh, that 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 would be a good kind of really good trampoline to go wherever you want after that. Yeah, just go look up, go look at Google images for Starship and then Lunar Gateway and then see the images of like <laughs> there's there's uh, one in particular where you're looking at as, like what it would look like if the Starship was to dock with the lunar gateway and it's basically like you know starship with a little nose ring <laughs> put a link here um i uh, put a link in our skype skype chat so uh that's the sort of thing because when you look at the actual size of this versus like what spacex is doing that's one of the things uh for great coverage on space by the way scott man scott manley his his channel on youtube is wonderful scott's got a background in astronomy he dives deep into the stuff super smart guy i just i learn something all the time when i watch him and uh he showed the comparisons of the lunar lander from spacex versus like the blue origin one and the dynetics yeah. one and it's like <laughs> it's just one looks like it's from the future the other ones look like they're alternates from like 1969 oh geez that's amazing so. Have you seen this image yet of like, yeah, it's so. Oh, wow. Uh, sorry, which one is which here? That's that's going to be the SpaceX lunar lander. Then somebody put the actual Starship, the idea that you were using Starship to go there. Yep. And then uh, the thing in the middle would be the lunar gateway with all the modules. Uh, that's crazy. Okay. So, so and, and also, one one last one. Uh, we we've talked about like uh, belters, you know, like like carving out asteroids and being on the inside. Like, I mean, uh -huh. I don't know where, where where do you guys want to set up our our if there is to be an extraplanetary body that humanity will persistently hang out in for um, I don't know. Let's say essentially forever forward. Would you rather it be inside of a of a of a, a asteroid or hovering like Man, Bespin over? Uh, if, Venus it's, if, or... it's, if it's anything like the Expanse, it seems like the Belters party harder, and they all talk like Chet Hanks. It's awesome. I mean, you're not wrong. I I think that uh, we don't know what the long term health effects are going to be. Like you're living on, let's say Mars at one third gravity. That this is a big unknown and. Um, that's something we have to figure out the advantage of taking, building things in space, like the free space, which is, I've got a book by Gerard O'Neill, which is all about called, you know, called the high frontier over here, which is worth checking out. That was a big inspiration for Jeff Bezos. If you watch Jeff Bezos's announcement, when they showed their proposal for the lunar lander, he began with slides and images of Gerard O'Neill's humongous cylinders, these O'Neill cylinders, which would rotate with earth gravity. I want that. I really, really want that. I would love for us to be able to build these big 1G places in space we could live on, but also Mars. I like the idea, and the thing that's hard for people to wrap their head around what Elon Musk is doing, a lot of the older space people is, his idea is like, I'm not trying to build the Saturn 6. I'm not trying to build the next best thing. I'm trying to build the railroad. I'm trying to build the interstate highway system, not just the car, the whole thing, because with that... You don't have to choose. You're like, I'm going to go live in on Mars for three years. Then I'm going to go into the asteroid belt and live in one of these cylinders for a couple of years. Then I'm going to come back to Earth because it's not a one-way ticket. It's not, we don't want to have another Mayflower. We don't want to have another, you know, it's one way and then you're done. 
let's have jet planes in space. Well, that yeah. would be dumb. But you get my point. Yeah. Right, right. So the functionality of jet planes. So Justin did not give an answer. You did not give an answer. Corey, do you have an answer of where you want to go first? We have a, we, we have an international railway. Where do you want to go first? Wait, I'm clicking buttons. Okay. Um, yeah, we got to go straight to Mars, man. Forget the moon. Yeah. I'm done with the moon, man. Uh, also, I did answer. To... I said an asteroid. I said a carbide asteroid. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, I just I, realized I, I left out the option of like just building out, uh, 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 you know, a space station. I thought you were going to yeah. say like, oh, I, I forgot that one of the options is like Galveston. Like you could just go <laughs> yeah, there. North, just, North Texas. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> Not to go there, but to take the city and just throw it just away. Throw it, into, <laughs> yeah, throw it into space. Like, oh, you thought that hurricane was bad. So long, jerks. Yeah. <laughs> I... I love the idea that it be Mars. My fear of Mars, though, is Mars is going to be, and I want us to go to Mars. I fully swear it's going to be hard. It's going to yeah. be really, really hard. And I'm not telling anything to anybody at SpaceX. They, nobody up there, everybody knows this. And that's saying, like, it will be really hard. And how much stomach people have for the idea of difficult missions and endurance, watching people, you know, huddled inside of, you know, shelters for months on end going nutty, which early on, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, and 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 to to be clear, um, these colonists went to Mars, and you won't believe what happened. There's a difference between hard and eventual. Like, um, for example, you know, go back in time, and it's like um, uh, 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 the folks who eventually discovered the New World and colonized it, and so on. Um, uh, colonized it, meaning killed everybody who was already there. Uh, the uh, uh, they they didn't they didn't immediately say I bet there's a, you know a new world let's go there first you know it's like uh, there there's some amount of sailing that you do first and um, I suppose I'm entertaining the idea that maybe there's more to learn by going to uncolonizable harder places uh, than easier places is that, that that's all I'm trying on. Yeah, you look at, you know, we we tend to think it's kind of like you show up there and poof, there's a colony. But it was, you know, 120 <laughs> years that, from that 90s hit. Boom! Yeah, 120 there's years. A colony. Boom! There's a colony. Sorry. Yeah, but it's 120 years from Columbus to Jamestown. Yeah, yeah. You know, we compress these things in our head, and then it's it's you know, almost almost it's almost 300 years from Columbus to the United States actually being a thing in our heads. It's like, Hey, Columbus, Jamestown. Yeah. Yada, uh, yada, yada. And, yeah. and then there's yeah. a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing how much we compress that period of history down when like, it was just this, you know, much, much, you know, longer. And, you know, even the conquistadors, you know, middle, I mean, early to middle, but yeah. Um, so uh, a lot can happen. And I agree. I'm trying to look at the fall of some of these things, but anyhow, it's it's a. I like the idea of Mars because just all, OMG Mars, we're now going to Mars. Moon yeah. is gonna, Moon will be cool. Moon's gonna be cool, but Moon will be like, oh, but, and then there'll be cool discoveries. I th I think we all know that Moon, you know, whatever that's going to be garbage real estate that we eventually pawn off on our second cousin. It's I, like, I, 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 I think we all know that Mars is the primo real estate that can actually be developed. I don't sign on to this. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a big, I'm big into the science and chemistry that comes from, you know, lower gravity environments and also just what the hell we'll find on. I think you, Brian, you're going to see at some point, they're going to take this gigantic superdome sized underground cavern in Mars or moon rather on the moon, pump it full of air. And you're going to watch people flying around using plastic wings. Yeah. And you're going to be like, Oh damn, I want to go there. Yeah. Like, sorry, Brian, we listened to your podcast. You're not you allowed. Crapped all over okay, first we, of all. We, the, the ministers of the moon, deny your passport to winged paradise stamp. Personally, I think it's adorable. What is that? Uh, applications from Justin and Andrew? Immediately <laughs> approved. 
It is your been... wings. Your moon wings. <laughs> wow. I wish Brian was here. Oh, oh man. It has hey, been... it's Corey. It's Bryce. Oh, wow. my God. Everyone's here. Wow. Let's fly in formation. Oh, it'd be well, great if we had a fifth person here. Smash cut to Brian in space, Galveston. Just bummed. <laughs> Eating Noodle Robin. Just eating Noodle Robin. It has been 10 years <laughs> I have asked you guys to read the Kim Stanley Robinson Red Mars, Green Mars, Blue Mars trilogy in which he describes this. And for you guys to turn around and act like I'm the one against Maybe it. Maybe we'll you, get to it in another 10. You, oh. <laughs> hey, who's got picks? <laughs> yeah, we would, we would read My it, My pick Brian, is Kim but... Stanley Robinson's Red Mars, <laughs> yeah. Green Mars, Blue Mars yeah. series. Red Mars, We'd read Blue it, Mars, but the trip to the Green moon Mars. is so quick. Quick, just could never get past the first couple chapters. <laughs> Fair enough. You wouldn't, you definitely, ooh, that's a crazy idea. You literally could get to the moon so fast that you would not have time to finish reading this, uh, this Terraformation series from, from Kim Stanley Robinson. Uh, what's your pick, Andrew? My pick is the PBS Space Time series on YouTube. Um, this is, I like physics. I like really cool stuff. Some of that stuff's over my head. And I go, I don't understand. But thankfully, Dr. Matt O'Dowd, who is the host of PBS Space Time, is, let me tell you something about science explainers. I'm going to give you my little thing. There are people that you'll go, oh, I watched this documentary, a doctor so-and-so, and and explain this physics thing. It was really cool. I'm like, what did they teach you? Um, well, the animation was cool in this thing. And it's like it falls apart. And that's the problem. A lot of science explainers on TV they're really sound convincing. They're really good. And then you walk away a week later and you know nothing, nothing. It's science porn. And this has been a thing of frustration for me since I got involved in like science education for TV and stuff. So when I see somebody, I go, oh, man, this this person's really explaining it and in a step by step way. And if you you watch like Matt Adad, he'll get into like you go look at the topics they cover holographic universe. He'll do an episode. Why string theory is right. Then he'll do another episode. Why string theory is wrong. But then only these episodes that come before then that will give you the foundation of stuff. So it is a really good, if you like physics and you kind of like to read this sort of stuff, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. He's an astrophysicist. He seems to know what he's talking about. Um, really, really good. And then, you know, he's got videos like, you know, can you fart your way to the moon? You know, an <laughs> important question. So, all kinds of topics, black holes. He'll get into like kind of the sci-fi stuff, like like how a black hole drive works, which is kind of cool. And just, ah, uh, you know, great stuff. String theory, physics, all of it. Cool. Brian, you got a pick? It's PBS yeah, Space Time. PBS Space <laughs> Time. PBS Space Time. I do. I want to make sure I get his name right. Um, oh, Corey has gotten me into a wormhole of just watching Ryan George videos. Uh, he does these very short Get in, get out, sketch comedy bits. He plays both characters. Uh, all characters. Uh, uh, well, well, yeah, yeah, sorry. Often, sorry. Often Sometimes there are three three whole characters. Uh, it's really great. Um, it, it, it wastes none of your time. I can say I've watched uh, a, a few of these videos. They are very, very funny. If you enjoy... Uh, uh, man, I, I want to say it reminds me of a sketch comedy version of like... Uh, uh, Brian Regan or um, who's the uh, uh, oh man I can't remember the 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 big Ronald Re- white Ronald, guy Ronald Regan no not Ronald Regan <laughs> he was the uh, president no the other stand up comic Stephen uh, Regan not not Regan uh, not Stephen Regal Stephen no. Regal uh, uh, Rowdy clean, Roddy it's very Regal. smart and clever clean comedy. Yes, in 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 a way that uh, I think even in sketch comedy, which has a tendency at its best to kind of by default be kind of dirty or subversive. Yes, this is 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 uh, uh, the opposite direction, almost in a, a you know, kids in the hall was was kind of bizarre and and subversive, but uh, at their at their core could be very funny and clever and clean and 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 this is uh, well and uh, and, in that and, and also our our friends auntie donna like their sketch comedy can go anywhere like you you never it, well, it, that is almost universally subversive and dirty cor- uh correct but 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 also often with music and all this other stuff where it's like this this his game is could take place in this room with just the three of us only he portrays all three of us 
and it was exactly like it, it is so efficient. I, I I like his stuff a lot. So yeah. so so Ryan George. Ryan George, big shout out. Watch a documentary series. Finish the documentary series. Ooh, the Q Q Q no Q into the storm Ooh. on HBO Max. Uh, I gotta say, boy, do I not like that everything has to go three episodes too long these days. Okay, before you tell me what you thought of it, okay, here's what I know about you: is that yeah. you don't trust that Adam McKay team outside of anything with Will Ferrell. No, untrue. I love Succession. Succession's like one of my favorite. Oh, shows. I, I, I didn't know that was them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, I. Okay. You tell me what you thought, and, <laughs> and, then, and then I will. I will tell you what. And then I you thought will retroactively you fit your opinion. No, 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 no. I like. I already have my opinion. It, it yeah. was. It was much better than I thought it was going to be. I wrestled with it. I am immediately upon watching it didn't like it. The longer that I got away from it, the more I appreciated what I really liked about it. And what I really liked about it is the fact that it gets a ton of time. If you're unfamiliar with the basic story of Q or QAnon, uh, there is a very convoluted, but because of the access it gets to the principles, entertaining and uh, engrossing story between three people, a kid who has a bone density uh, disorder who is in a wheelchair who started 8chan, the bizarre father and son team that he wound up selling that website to, and they are entrenched in this mystery of who this mystery poster Q is that started on 4chan and then wound up migrating to 8chan uh, and has become a political phenomenon. If the show... The, the, the documentary, and back in the day, it would have just been a two-and-a-half-hour documentary movie. It wouldn't have been a six-hour series on HBO Max. would have just been about who's Q, and now let's spend all of our time with these three principles. It would have been, like, these were the most engrossing people I spent time with in a documentary since King of Khan, where, like, you knew immediately these people were just, such archetypes they were all chasing after this kind of cosmically inconsequential thing which has its own universe of bizarre people like that i loved it for that the problem with it to me is that the documentary is also trying to prove that q is indeed this massive force in society and i just simply don't think that the evidence backs that up and the documentary is dragged down whenever we are spending time talking about how important Q is instead of just saying, hey, look, it's got followers. It obviously is well-known in political society. Let's leave you to interpret how important or not important Q is. It spends a lot of an equal amount of time proving that as it does to me spending time on what is really an amazing freak show story because every, the three people that are there they're all lying to the documentarian the documentarian knows that they're that they're lying to him you as the viewer know that they're lying so you're choosing and guessing who's telling the truth and who's not that's a lot of fun if it were just that it would be one of my favorite documentaries ever instead it spends roughly three hours proving something that I think is not there. that's interesting I I didn't perceive that uh that there was a lot of proving of anything outside of the the general assertion that uh a lot of q people were there in that mob that hit up the capital um uh i i i i think it does a fine job of saying i mean to be honest like uh, they don't say it but it's pretty clear where it's like Hey, turns out that when you lay out a Rorschach test or a puzzle or just put out a bunch of weird ass uh, Nostradamus quotes, people people read into it whatever they want, and then they go uh, they use that as justification to do the things they wanted to do for whatever reason. They eventually wanted to freaking uh, 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 as if it's a uh, 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 World War Z 
over you know overrun the capital. I, I just <laughs> I, I just kind of feel like imbuing QAnon with the power of of that event yeah. is literally like what believers of QAnon do to to reinforce the fact that this S poster on the internet has power. Like like it is to me the exact same thing uh of of like saying like oh no well well they definitely did this because it fits into a worldview. You know, it fits into the worldview of Q believers to say that yes, there is this satanic pedophile cult, and that's why the world is the way it is. Right. right? right. It fits into the worldview of people who are befuddled and scared of where our modern politics are to say, no, the reason why the Capitol got stormed is not because of very simple things that we understand, but rather because of this bizarre conspiracy that is being spun on a website that I don't go visit. Right. Like, and, and, in general, that's my belief on it, and people can agree or not agree with my belief on it. But like that, to me, weighed down the idea. You don't need to, in, you don't need to weave that in to what is a great story of of Ron Watkins, Fred, I forget his last name, and Jim Watkins. Right. Uh, and in that regard, I think we a hundred percent agree. Where the strength of this is that it's those three people if 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 you just just divorce yourself from ain't no truth going to be found here ain't no conspiracy going to be found ain't no whatever but if you want to hear a really weird interplay between three people who who have an escalating feud between various aspects or whatever uh yes also i have a flowchart for documentarians should i turn the camera toward me no no. But I think it will tell a better story. No. I'm just a hard no on making the documentarian a central part. Oh, of, got it. Of, of the uh, documentary. It annoys me so much. That, that new, that, I mean, it's not new, but like there are some times where it's fine, but it's that I want to be a star. I want to put my face out there. I want to be the voice of this. And it's like, we already know you're not objective. And now, well, and that also it's like, so much. I, I have problems with Morgan Spurlock and uh, 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 do you have less problems with them now? No, 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 no. And, <laughs> that and, the world has changed. No, who's the other guy? The, 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 uh, Michael Moore, Michael, Michael Moore. Moore yeah. yeah. I have problems with those, with some of the movies they make, but at least they have the dignity to be cartoon characters. So when they turn mm. the camera to them, they're like, like, I'm a big fat cartoon character. Like I'm doing crazy stuff. Look at my crazy hair. I'm going to eat 50 pounds of McDonald's right now. Like I'm going to go crash into a, a, you know, the GM headquarters because I'm a cartoon character. It's, and it's just called a, Roger and me, Roger yeah. and me. <laughs> yeah. If you're just a normal guy and you're like, I'm a normal guy and I wanted to investigate this thing. It's like, <sighs> That's just personal preference to me. Yeah, I I do. It is interesting the idea of a uh, there are these nuts that believe a small group of people are controlling world events. Let's go look at this small group of people controlling world events. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it's um, yeah. Uh, uh, all so, the stuff if you edited it down, like God, there could be an electric three hour documentary compared like considering where that story ends with the three of them. Like, there's an electric three-hour documentary that solely focuses on those central characters because they're all engrossing. You want to spend time with all of them. The story's worthwhile, and the ending, the footage they get of what would be the natural end of their story, if that was the end of the documentary, that would be Chef's Kiss. Instead, it goes another episode. Hmm. Any other picks here? Corey? Corey? Indeed, I do have a pick, and I've kind of mentioned it earlier, and this is Audius, uh, Audius.co. Um, this is one of the cryptos. Uh, the neat thing about this is uh, this is decentralized audio. So this is basically Spotify. This will be replacing Spotify, Google Music, uh, iTunes. Um, it, the idea of this is basically giving the control back to the creators, so instead of doing the normal split, what is it? The uh, I think uh, the uh, seventy thirty percent royalties well, even, or whatever even, it it's is. It's even worse on streaming. So it's yeah. only twelve percent that the um, uh, musicians actually typically typically get. And so this is 
much more. So they get to create their own tokens. People can donate to them. People buy into the music. Um, uh, and it's real quick. Yeah. We're, we're talking about a platform like iTunes or, right. yes. or YouTube so you can, or some other place. Yeah. Yes. So this so is you're actually, uploading your music. Do you have to upload it exclusively or is no. it decentralized? No, it's okay. totally decentralized. Yeah. And so this is live right now. So you could go play with this. Actually, I've been playing with it um, just to kind of see what's coming around the corner. Cause it's, it's actually some, some pretty, pretty neat stuff. And they have the white papers out. So if you go to the website, they have the white papers d- uh, discussing exactly how it works and how much the money the musicians get, all that kind of stuff. So the musicians, musicians, yeah. musicians. Um, it's actually it's actually really cool, and uh, I think you're going to see a lot more of this coming out, where the creators are going to be taking control uh, of their audiences and 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 using less of Spotify, using less of Patreon, that kind of stuff. Because in this, you get to control everything that goes on with your audience. So your content. would I be right in reading into this, that, that just as um, uh, Bitcoin, whatever Bitcoin is, is essentially a bunch of computers constantly updating a giant global uh, record of what transactions go where, and mm-hmm. you are paid to do that. Uh, this would be a, a bunch of computers being, yeah, receiving a chunk of money, for updating, uh, uh, updating like like who's listening to what, yes. where, and and who owns what. Yes, and then you also get so like as a uh, one of, one of the fans, a fan of you, by streaming video, they actually get paid. Got it. And by sharing it, they Got actually it. get paid because they're so. Using so in it. other words, like a, like uh, whereas Napster, you paid for the computer, you paid for the bandwidth, you paid to steal the music, you you did not pay the artist. The artist got nothing. Like reverse Napster, basically. Mm. It's like uh, you're hosting it, you're sharing it, you're getting a slice of things by virtue the, of uh, helping the infrastructure. Yes, but it is. It's hosted on everything. It's peer to peer, so everybody is basically by using it, more users, better streaming, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Cool. RVJ3. Call me skeptical. All right. Skeptical. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I that's your a, rat I name. Just talk, <laughs> call me fact, skeptical. My name is. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I had a call last week uh, for something else with uh, John Fanning, Sean Fanning's uncle. Um, you may remember him from. Yep. You know, a little thing called Napster. Nice guy. But anyhow, yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. But like, you know, awesome. Remember, when we hear like, oh, artists only get twelve percent. Like, well, the late whoever owns the rights to it is a different thing too. Because here, like, oh, we'll. That was like Apple said. Oh, we pay our artists this versus so and so. And it's like, well. Whoever has the right to sell it is who the money goes to, and what the artist gets paid is you know can vary. So sometimes it's it can be a little bit misleading. Like they only pay the artist twelve percent. Like well, here if I'm a producer and I produce this for some artist, then I'm going to pay my artist X percent or something too. So well, there I don't we know. go. I'm I'm I I want these things to work, but you know we already have like people artists complaining about NFTs being sold of their art without their permission. Well, that's yeah. I mean, uh, uh. uh that's early days of the internet stuff there, though. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. To me, yeah. NFTs, the, the, the NFT thing for everybody's like, like, oh, NFTs, like, here today, gone tomorrow. It's like the the, the thing with NFTs was that there was a, a, a proving ground for the idea that digital-only collectibles are have a market. Now, well, how that market is refined... Like where it goes from here, I think is is subject to I, interpretation. I would like to believe that overnight the internet all of a sudden believed in property rights for intellectual content. <laughs> I, I'd yeah. like to believe that happened. I want to believe. I want to live in that world where that just happened. Yeah, that certainly has not not happened. No. But all cool. Well, gentlemen, it's been weird. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.